Welcome to the Clash Act Podcast. But first, we're going to take a word from our sponsors, Morrissey Motors. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors, Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly, award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Old Kilkenny, today. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally. And joining me this week from the South East, the guy that I've a lot of respect for and a huge amount of time for as a manager. He's done wonderful work in his time with Waterford. Currently, I think, down in Wexford playing his trade with a club team. It's Derek McGrath. Derek, thanks a million for taking my call this morning. Not about it, Eddie. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you on. Derek, um, before I kind of get into anything with it, the draw has been made this morning, obviously, for the the Hurling Championships. I, I suppose it would be a fair place to start with it. Um, your own Waterford have been drawn to play Leash, and uh, Davy's going to be coming home in uh, a game against Clare. Two two decent games to look forward to. Yeah, look, I suppose from, from a media perspective, it's probably a, a dream draw for in terms of the the background that surrounds the kind of Clare Wexford acrimony, I suppose, over the year and over the last two years. So it's probably from a build-up that will probably dominate the... <clears throat> You know, it'd be the forefront of most people's minds in the run-up to that, the, the Wexford-Clare game. And obviously, Wexford or Clare had a really good win over Wexford in last year's championship. Um, from our own perspective, I think it's probably, without being disrespectful to Leash, I think it's an ideal draw and that it's an ideal way to get maybe back into it. You know, Leash played very well at the weekend against Antrim, albeit, but you'd be expecting Waterford to come through that side of the draw. The other one is, is a little bit more difficult to call, given the fact that, um, as I said, Wexford were, or Clare were so comprehensive last year, but... You'd imagine Wexford are, are, are in that game too, you know. Yeah, just just looking at the, the, the Clare Wexford game first before we kind of switch into something else. Um, as you said last year, you know Wexford really did pitter out a championship. Clare literally, you know, took the scruff in the neck that day. But looking at Wexford's performance last week against Kilkenny in in, in Crow Park, you know. I thought it was a really, really good game. I think Wexford's running game probably hurt them a little bit when they got into extra time. They maybe ran out of a bit of steam and, you know, maybe they were just, you know, the fresh legs that Kilkenny were able to introduce probably seeing them over the line. But surely Wexford can take great confidence coming out of that game. Yeah, they can. The only thing is every game is a separate entity in itself. You know, obviously you'd hope that that would be the case that the manner in which they play. Like Wexford played really well against Kilkenny and <laughs> invariably we always seem to say that Kilkenny seemed to come out the other end of the of the, the result, if you like. But Wexford played really well and I think they got their game flowing a lot better than... Their game is so highly dependent on, on really high energy levels and, you know, it's there's intricacies involved in it and, and it's it's very precise, if you like. And they were up and at it from the start of the Kilkenny game. So they'll be, they'll be, they'll be hoping that... that and this, this probably contradicts itself... The momentum gained from the performance, as opposed to the result, they'll be able to take it into the clear game. And look, there's a another little bit of an edge to the game, given given the, the kind of you know the rivalry, I suppose, between both camps, and you know with, with both the Davy and Brian Lawn issue, and also I suppose the COVID issue um, earlier in the year. And, and and Derek, like as a manager, are there things that you have to number one take into consideration when you're talking to your team, but number two, like you know, if you were whether you were Brian or Davy in this scenario, would you, you know, would you have genuine concerns about the possibility of a boil over? You know, you don't, you know, from my own perspective, you know, you want teams to go out in the field and you want them to express themselves and play to the best of their ability and, you know, put on a show and, 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 and put on a strong performance. But sometimes all this bullshit that's going on in the background can spill onto the field and it can have a massive negative effect on your performance. Yeah, you've, you've probably answered 
there in terms of the certainly the sustainability of of kind of a not siege mentality but a kind of you know a, a sideshow is is it's it's not sustainable. You might get a one-off performance based on bitterness or indignation or anger, but the likelihood of getting a performance over a period of time over three or four games based on always kind of having you know almost kind of being paranoid about what what one or the other is doing or or a side issue is is very questionable if you like. So I think what you'll see is you'll see both probably management saying that it wasn't mentioned mentioned in the run up to the game, and I know last year Brian. Um, I, I read an interview with Patrick O'Connor, the clear centre-back last year, who said that Brian had said it earlier in the week and said, look, what, what's happened between myself and Davey has nothing to do with this performance. Let's focus on the performance. And they seem to get a result out of that. So I think Davey similarly will be kind of going through the the, 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 the DVD of the Kenny game and say, look, this is what we did well. This is what we didn't do well against Clare last year. This is how we can hurt Clare, perhaps. And you know, I think that will be, I think it's very much parked. And look, Ultimately, I suppose it, it whilst it nominate, as I said, Colin Minch is in the in the run up to the to the game. I think it's it's it the both teams and both sets of players will be focusing on, on performance. Boring as it all as it sounds to your readers or your listeners, I think that's the reality of an inter county camp now. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you hundred percent on 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 every point that you've made. Just switching away from the the current games, uh, Derek. Like you've had a couple of years out of county management now. Uh, you're, you know the inter county scene. Um, you know, I always found you to be quite. I don't know what way to put it, but I've always found you to be quite. You know, it's 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 almost like you're nearly reserved in some ways. You've come across as an extremely likable character from a, a neutral watching you on the line for your team um, and there was incidents uh, kind of over the time where you know you could have blown the gasket and blown the lid the, the ghost goal down uh, against I think it was Tip a couple of years back and stuff but you've always kind of you, you know you seem to always kind of hold your tongue a small bit and you know not berate uh, refereeing decisions that have gone against you or criticising you know poor tactics from oppositions and things like that Looking in last week um, at, at at the refereeing decisions that you know that went a bit askew, the penalty decision between Clare and Tip. What was your own take on that? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question. I suppose it's look that that approach, you know, where, where you may you may come across kind of an affable and and maybe likable character is, is certainly not one for for where you're kind of trying to engage in any self indulgent act. It's mainly because you'd be you might be after visualising or thinking about a situation and how you might deal with it afterwards. Like, like if I even go back to the goal goal situation in 18, we had an eight or nine point lead there. And, and, and you know, within a, within 30 seconds of that incident involving Austin, where, where the ball was clearly over the line, I, I was be, I was able to see the live feed of that. So I knew straight away that we had, that we had kind of suffered an injustice, if you like. And, um, but, but my, my immediate concentration was, Hey, hang on, we're still five points, six points up here. We can, we can hold this out, you know, and, we should, and our, our concentration has to be on the immediate, the present. And I suppose when the game was, was leveled then, when it was drawn at the end of it, you know that the media are going to come after the whole story. So I would have kind of said to myself, right, what's the best approach here? If if I mention the injustice and if I go heavy on the referee, etc., will it possibly carry us, you know, be around with us for the week? You know, will it, will it dominate the headlines for a week? Remember, we had a game against Limerick the following Sunday, which we subsequently lost now and lost heavily. To the, to the All Ireland Champions as it turned out at the year the year ending, but um, so you kind of hold on to those things based on the fact that you would, what's the best solution at the end? It's not that you just kind of caught in a moment. You would probably be after thinking about it. even that five or six or that ten minute period after the game where you actually said to yourself, right, what's the best approach here now? In in the, in the bells and in the privacy of our own dressing room and in the sanctimony of our own dressing room, we would talk about injustices. We would talk about when Tyke de Burka was. 
you know, red carded. We would talk about Conor Gleeson being red carded. We would talk about Austin's and we would build towards a kind of an angry performance, which we didn't get against Limerick. So we felt that keeping it private and coming out with the kind of, you know, not that you're trying to live a lie, but, you know, and also genuinely, genuinely having watched James Owens last weekend and, I'm not on any member or form of social media, but my wife is here, and sometimes you'd have, she'd say to me on Monday morning, she's that referee is getting an awful time. I think there's a human element to any decision on, on a hurling field. We, we made some horrendous decisions as a management over the years. Players make horrible decisions. They make decisions that, you know, look back at last night, the, the penalty penalties you're, you know, you're reading this morning about about the you know, the, the fallout of, of the penalty takers, etc. for England, and you're looking at the different angles around that, and you're kind of saying to yourself, right, what was the best decision? And I think what you do is you kind of say to yourself, right, there's a human element to what James Owens does, um, and then there's the rules, kind of, in terms of how it's interpreted, etc. So, uh, first thing was, I, I, I would feel sorry for him, but I would equally feel sorry for Brian Owen and his team that such a situation presents itself, I suppose. And sometimes you reflect on, on how you dealt with things, and you kind of say Maybe I would have been better calling out the ref, or maybe you would have been better with that approach, and maybe you'd learn from the next time at the same time. And 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 all that, I suppose, all that approach probably came from my own father. I lost my father there at Christmas. He, he died on the second of January, and um, he used to always say to me, "No matter what, don't bite in life. Don't bite. Don't kind of you know, no matter what, if you can help it, just say it to yourself. You know, just just find a way of kind of dealing with it in house rather than kind of biting in public if you can." Uh, it's it, very sorry to hear obviously about your father passing a Christmas there yes, as well Derek but um, wow like it's it's just just listening to you speaking there and, and just on that advice what your dad has said about not biting it's because I tell you the minute the game ended like it's it's very easy for someone like me sitting at home watching a match on TV or doing a bit on radio after the game to go out and slate uh, James and I know James quite well you know I would have grown up in Wexford and played soccer with him and stuff and you know I'd look at it from that perspective but at the same time I've been the guy on the side of the pitch that feels I've been done by the referee and I've lost the plot over it. But yeah. I, I just I just thought, like, Brian Lohan's reaction after the game, you know, he was almost... I, I did kind of find it funny when he, when he said to the interviewer, um, do you want me to talk about the oak? <laughs> like, and it was yeah. almost yeah. like he was in, invited. There's an elephant in the room here, you know, you want me to yeah, lose yeah, the yeah, headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he... And, when he, he, and I, think he was, I think what he was, he was really himself, which is great to see. Like, he was really authentic. You know, that... that I, I'd I'd have sporadic kind of you know I suppose uh, involvement with Brian over the years in that Stephen Bennett and a couple of the boys were involved with UL when Brian was the manager and he was just a brilliant facilitator of their needs if you like you know we you know he in terms of fit, helping them fit into college looking after their just looking after their social the social end of their education you know and in terms of just fitting in and participating in college and being happy I suppose he was a brilliant facilitator of that so I would have. Um, you know, I would have had some conversations with him during 15, 16 and 17 about that. And, uh, you know, he, 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 what I liked was just, he was, he was really himself in it. You know, you could see that kind of red helmeted Brian Lohan that we were accustomed to, you know, mid-90s, I suppose. You could see a kind of a, 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 a kind of a, a deep-rooted anger and a deep-rooted, and as I said, a real authenticity, which is, what we want to see as viewers now, you know. No, but this is it, you know, and I and I, and I genuinely like, you know, you kind of felt his passion in it, you know. I felt from just that one statement. Do you want me to talk about that? Was yeah. I actually kind of felt that there was probably a nice man there that's saying, "Hold on a second, do you want me to go out here now and obliterate this referee live on TV, or would you prefer me to gloss over it and we'll talk about it privately afterwards?" You know, but I think even if there was a situation like where on the Monday or Tuesday afterwards that. 
James Owens actually had the, the opportunity to kind of say, look, I got that wrong. Even even if there's a public representation on the referees association, say, look, you know, and I think it, it an ease a lot of the, you'd have a lot of people saying, well, fair play, you know, he apologised. Like, for instance, i give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I think John Coyley came out and he berated a decision or, or the, the Galway players in the league game. Yeah. And that week, and that week, he kind of said, geez, you know what, I reflected on that and I think I made a, a really genuine mistake there. And I think, you know, Sure, I'd like to meet the man who hasn't made a mistake in public or, or in private. Like where, where, and when they say sorry, how, how it's um, it becomes easier. Like when you do say sorry, so you know, look, I think that if there was a forum for that without it becoming a, you know, too much of a kind of a apologetic tone either, that I think that'd be helpful for the public, you know, and it'd be helpful for for the for the, the main protagonists involved too. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you, Derek, and it's it's something I had David Goff on with me a couple of weeks back, the football referee, and and, and I'd suggest I'd said it to him that it's one of the most frustrating things for anybody coaching teams or managing teams is when, and I, I try never to be a, a kind of aggressive or come across that, I'm a, a big lad, so you don't want to be coming across as an aggressor, but I've, I've said to referees in the past, you know, asking them genuinely, can you explain to me what that decision was for, or can you, and this hand is waved into your face to get away from me, you know, and I, and I find that infuriating, but what, what I had asked David uh, Goff was, like you're an analyst on the Sunday game, Sky Sports do it quite well, um, for the soccer that they bring in the referees analyst on a Monday morning and the referee comes in and he actually just analyses some of the contentious decisions that may have been made over the weekend and explains how we got to that decision and if the decision is wrong it's wrong and if the decision is right we all move on but there's a little bit more from the referee's perspective so if you take yourself and Henry and the lads are on the Sunday game is it something that's worth considering or is it too much to bring somebody like Barry Kelly in and actually have him there to discuss contentious decisions and how referees came to them it definitely is worth it, and I think that that's what the public want is. And I think that's what not what they deserve, but it, they, you know, sometimes we can actually be there can be ambiguity around the rule, and we're kind of saying we're not quite clear, and it be haziness when you're in management or playing, you kind of you don't understand it as well. Like I, I give you, I give you an example. Like there was a brilliant, a brilliant um, Leinster Championship round robin game between Wexford and Kilkenny. I'm not sure as a two years ago now, where I think Davy was confined to the box. It was just a brilliant game, right? It had everything, and Fergal Horgan was refereeing it, and he effectively, he kind of, I won't say he put the whistle, whistle in his pocket, but he left as much go as he could um, could possibly leave go. Now, subsequently, that year, he got no game. He actually got no other game because the, the referee's assessor basically said he left too much go. Now, he did the exact same in, in Croke Park two weeks ago, and he's been rightly, in my opinion, lauded for his approach. And the point being, I suppose, is that I think the referees are coming to a situation where they're actually giving us what what we want now, if that if that makes sense. But I know, you know, Joanne Cantwell, Joanne would often say to me, we say, look, but that's not applying the rules, and we, as kind of hurling kind of <laughs> mad people, we say, I'm sure that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want, you know. And so it, it, we can contradict ourselves as well and get caught in that. So it's a yeah, it's an interesting one, but I think definitely more education around that would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it is because just when you're on about the referee and and, and the way it say Joanne would say, look, oh, that, that 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 the referee's not applying the rules. They have to be. If you applied every single rule to the letter of the law in a hurling match, we'd be stopped every thirty seconds for a free. And the way the free takers are at the moment, the scorelines would be, you know, and, and and a lot of players have come out and have been hugely critical of over refereeing this year in the National League in particular so maybe yeah. maybe you're right maybe the, the likes of Fergal there who's just letting a bit more go but to just come off the, the whole James Owens thing the, just the final question on that is will Brian Lohan use that now as the world's against us here lads and we're in this here and we're under siege and everyone wants us beaten and we have to will he be using that to drive Clare on towards Wexford will he be telling them the world hates them now 
Hard to know because uh, he doesn't strike. You know, I think the, the siege mentality earlier in the year around Clare was based around the, the, the seemingly kind of unhappy relationship at, at board level. You know, I think that. So I think they've. You know, if I'm trying to put myself in Brian's shoes. They've gone that route already. I'd say they've created a very tight group, and they performed against Waterford on the back of that tightness. So to kind of to to mimic the the, the point I made already about the sustainability of the world against us. I don't think so. I think what they'll do is, if you look at the learnings that Clare took from the Waterford game, they, they, they had 25, 26 wides against Waterford. They used the ball much better against Tipperary in the early phases of the game. And I think similarly, they'll be looking to, you know, you know, use the ball as well as, as they have and maybe convert some of the chances. Like in, in the early stage against Tip, they seemed to play with three inside with Kelly, Galvin and Shannon. Against Waterford, they played with only Kelly and Shannon inside. So I think they'll mix and match tactically for the, for the battle they'll face from Exford in particular. No, a hundred percent, Derek. Derek, just kind of, I want to talk to you about your own management career. Um, you know, looking back on some of the some of the things from Waterford, I'm going to just dive in and out with certain things. Um, I had a guest on the show here a, a, a number of months ago, Peter Chap Clare, former Kilkenny hurler, and when we talked to Peter, we kind of tried to get into his mind and the whole lot. And 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 one of the things that was deep down that it, that had hurt him uh, as a player was when he was dropped from the Kilkenny hurling panel. And he said, you know, I thought to be a great old story into the whole dropping. And he said his phone his phone rang at about a minute past six. And he was getting a gear bag ready to go in for training. They were starting back that night. And he said by a minute and a half, minute, a minute and 30 seconds past six, he was no longer in the Kenny panel. And uh, he did his phone thrown on the mantelpiece. And he went up to his wife and said, no, I'm gone now. And he said, I have to go t- tell all my family. I laugh because Peter laughed and it was good crack at the time. But he said... That's how uh, Brian Cody administered the, the the chop when it was time to be chopped. If you weren't retiring, you were just got, you got the call. In twenty fourteen, you dropped a considerable number of Waterford players. Um, I think it was twenty fourteen, and and you used a similar tactic to to Brian Cody. Maybe not as cold. I don't mean I'm not saying Brian is cold either now, but you picked up the phone and you just rang the players um, and and said good luck. But it's something that you've said that you've you've regretted. Um, I've seen you've been interviewed before, and it's something that you've said on, on numerous occasions that you look back on it and you regret it. Yeah, look, I, I, I look. I suppose it's like anything. Like I, I, my experience at management was very much based on at school, and and I suppose I managed my club in 2012. We won the championship in Dedesal, and I, I'd only finished playing, if you like. So, you know, first of all, I suppose the background to that was was 14, and that we were relegated, we were beaten by Wexford in Nolan Park in the championship, and I. I would have felt all year that um, I, I, I kind of, not that I wasn't myself, I just, you know, I, I was listening to a lot of people and I know you have to listen to people and I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen to people, so I don't want to contradict myself either, yeah. but I just felt there was kind of a, there was there was people and there was there was an atmosphere within the squad that wasn't entirely what, what I felt it should be in terms of energy levels, in terms of a newness, if you like, in terms of a reflection of what we wanted to be, if you like, and in many ways, I, just, I remember having a. I actually remember having a point with one of my mates in, in, in um, over over that kind of reflective kind of autumn, and I remember kind of saying to him, "Look, I'm going to make big changes. Like, you know, I'm actually going to make big changes. I think the whole. I think I'll bring in a lot of the minors from 13 that won the minor in 13 or won the minor in 13. Sorry, and I said I'm going to bring in a lot of them into the squad, and I'm I'm going to go a different route, and um, there's going to be controversy, and there's going to it's going to follow me around for a while. I might even follow me around, but there'll be a freedom in it as well. So. Uh, regarding the decision itself, he had some really, really experienced players: Richie Foley, Ray Barry, um, Jamie Nagel, 
Um, Liam Lawler, guys who had given 10 or more years to Watford and they deserve more than a 22nd or 32nd phone call up in the back of Delisle College. So I just felt that maybe I should have met them, looked them in, I, you know, face-to-face, be able to say to them, and, and maybe give them the feedback that they would require regards the decision-making. You know, now, if you engage in that all the time, your 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 your, your management career will be spent explaining. And when you're explaining, you know, you're losing sometimes. So I suppose I wasn't as compassionate as I'd be kind of, you know, as I, I suppose at times. And, and I just felt it lacked a bit of compassion. And, um, you know, I, I probably regret that that approach. You know, I could still be probably steely, but yet maybe man up, if you like, and just meet them face to face. And look, that, that's something that uh, it lives with you, I suppose, but you have to kind of move on from it nonetheless. Yeah, but the, the term chocolate spooning, though, I remember being told that a long time ago that there's no point in chocolate spooning things to people if you're if you're going to, you know, there's no nice way of telling someone yeah. you're dropped off the yeah, panel. Yeah. Um, so... It, it, yeah, it's a fair point. Look, 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 the balance, even with your own children here now, like, uh, I talked about my father already, like, and it was far from chocolate spooning in our house now, I can tell you. <laughs> and yet, as I, I often say, it was unconditional kind of love, you know what I mean? But it was done in a different way. It was done in, you know, helping and support financially and, and emotionally and you know, all that kind of stuff without, without kind of espousing it whereas here you know with, with young children here in the house here you're trying to give them a bit of a boost even through words and that but you're trying to get the balance right between molly coddling helping them supporting them but also challenging them you know and, and keeping it old school so i think that's there's a bit of that knowledge that, that kind of balance between being old school for want of a better word giving giving someone a good bollocking when, when it's necessary but also supporting someone when when times are tough particularly i think in the modern era where, where young lads are they're they're different, you know. They're, they're thinking a bit more, and 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 they're suffering, obviously, pre and and, and post and mid COVID, I suppose. You know? Yeah, Derek, and that that leads me on, lovely. There, like from from the twenty fourteen, uh, you know, the, the we'll say the culling of a few players and whatnot. You, you know, you you you've said it there to me now that the, you just felt the atmosphere wasn't right. That wasn't the atmosphere that you wanted for this group, mm-hmm. and you wanted to drive them on. What what I would ask you is kind of bringing it into twenty fifteen. You're in there. You have your management team in place, and. It's it's about the creation of of you putting your stamp on it, the atmosphere that you wanted to get. So I want to talk to you about your own man management of your of your of your players, and you know, kind of what what the end result was, what what you wanted to achieve with that. So in 2015, you've brought in a lot of new players. You know, what was the targeted atmosphere? What was the ideal scenario in Derek McGrath's mind when he gets in there with these players? What type of you know, in your own man management thing? What type of relationship did you want to build with these players first and foremost? Well, I wanted to show him that I was completely immersive in it without it becoming, you know, indulgent. So it's it's all in, like, so, you know, you often see the ad on Sky Sports News. I was watching it this morning, the reaction, you know, where they talk about the racism issue. They say, I mean, so, you know, the freedom comes with the discipline of being all in, you know. And I think that, that if you're all into something, you can live with the consequences of the results. You can live with the consequences of how it turns out in terms of, you know, we got the three subsequent All-Ireland semi-finals after that. You know, we, we were beating in, as I often say, we're in five finals, we were beating in four of the five finals, but we were all in. And all in meant we had some horrendous days as well, 2016, Monster Final, bad days, maybe over-scrutinised at times and all that kind of crap, but the atmosphere we wanted to create was, look, we're all in here, we're, we had a phrase amongst ourselves, got road, got law, everything, every day, and you know, and that meant if you're going on a beer and having a few points with the lads, you were all in. If you're doing your college exams, you were all in. If you're at home and you're chilling out you were all in you know so it, it was kind of a all-encompassing kind of uh, perspective on on life as much as anything else and and 
we could live then with the with the consequences of when results don't go our way if we're doing the right thing and if we're behaving in the right manner. So that was that was the atmosphere we wanted to create. So that was built around a combination of kind of madness, I suppose, which was you know I saw us training a few times on Christmas Day and things that maybe other teams didn't need to do to maybe give us a psychological edge, but also to kind of some of the lads would be into having a few bits and leopards down around Stephen's Day and all that. So we'd often, you know, meet and not meet again till the 3rd of January and say, right, let's give the week off, enjoy the race and or enjoy a few points over the Christmas. And so, we, you know, we kind of tried to create that. Plus, we would have said to the guys that are coming in from the minor squad, 18-year-olds, that the future is now as opposed to in, few, in a few years. Because you'd be very cognizant of and conscious of, even this morning, again, not to quote the soccer, just listening to... You know the English press here talking about Saka is nineteen and you know Phil Foden is this age and that guy is only twenty and Jordan Sancho or Jaden Sancho is twenty and you know we listen to a bit of that post seventeen after after being in the other and finally be a young team young management blah 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 it doesn't work out like that at times you know you gotta you gotta seize it while you're there so that was very much the message and and the example it has to be just given by the management in just in terms of timekeeping and all, all in attitude I suppose and then. You can look anyone in the eye then. Sounds a bit corny, but, but it's the truth, you know? Yeah, no, no, oh, fair enough. Um, just just on it, because you've, you've mentioned it, so you've you've your players there, and, and I'll come back to a couple of games in a few minutes, because there is a couple of games I want to dig in and with you and just see how, how the dressing room was after these games or how you came back from it. But one of the things that you've touched on is the way players are nowadays. So you've your full management team built in place. You've you've put this together and you're trying to, to bring Waterford forward in 2015, 2016. You're all working together. But the modern players now, it's different than when you were playing, Derek, that if you went out and had an atrocious game for Waterford, and I'm sure you did, you know, it, it, it happens. every Not everyone plays brilliant every day. You go home, Maybe your dad says, Jesus, you've had better days, Derek. You know this type of thing, or you go down the pub and someone. But the, the modern day lads, they get on the bus and they switch on a mobile phone. And there it is for the world to see lads 27 stone weight after 16 points of Heineken slamming it up on the phone. Derek McGrath's a disgrace. You know, Dan Shanahan has no right on the line. These lads should be gone. You know this type of crap. This is in front of the players nowadays. And was it something that you had to deal with much in Waterford? And and, and was it something, you know, was it did players find it very difficult to work with it? Very hard, Eddie, to be completely honest, to insulate yourself away from it completely. Like I'm not on any form of social media. And um, when I, you know, I started doing a bit of writing and that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I was asked to kind of go on it. But I, I didn't come off it because of any sledging or that. But I, first of all, it's very hard to insulate yourself or isolate yourself from it. And I would be would have been highly sensitive in year one. And um, when you get a run and you get a few victories, your confidence grows, I suppose. But that insecurity is always there um, in many ways. And, and that, that's hard to overcome, right? And and you go into a dressing room, right, in any dressing room, like a classroom or like a, a like your own workplace there, you'll have people of different confidence levels, you'll have people that, you know, they like the arm around the shoulder, they like support, but you also like people that like good constructive feedback that want to be challenged more. And if you understand that, you'll understand the mechanics of your dressing room, but you'll also understand that someone reading something that's highly critical, um, you know, of, of, you know, of themselves, you know, online, all be, be it by kind of maybe a well-known journalist or even, um, you know, of someone obviously with, with kind of anonymity, if you like, I think this, it can, it can seep, it can permeate and it can hurt particular people. And I actually go as far as saying people can become, you know, not depressed, but certainly down over their form in Hurling, over how things are going. That Hurling is such a, an outlet for me. It's their life. It's everything. It's such an obsession. 
that when they when they don't get affirmation, particularly the modern young lads, when they don't get aff- affirmation, when they don't get um, you know praise, and when, when they have bad days, it can it can really affect them, like uh, to the point where uh, you know to the point where 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 you know everything you know you see guys coming back to club situations from county to try and build a bit of confidence or or vice versa so you go down to the club and you get some solace down the club that's where you get your enjoyment etc and it's it's a difficult road it's a difficult road now i do think that over the last two or three years as awareness has grown and as more people who perhaps previous to that over the last five years were weren't of the opinion people are now becoming more aware of the issues around social media misuse and, and, and the cyber bullying thing that can go with it. Even educationally, us in school, um, you know, we're very much aware of it and people are, are you know, they're more cognizant of it, I suppose. But it's, it's, it can be deep and it can be hurtful. And um, and remember, go back 10 years, right? Go back 10 years and you'd hear people saying, Asher, if you can't take that, you shouldn't be there, right? That, that was kind of the attitude, you know, of, of trying to, you know, if you're going to worry about everyone, what everyone says, you you're, you shouldn't be there. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. That has changed, thankfully, to, hey, this is unacceptable, some of this stuff that's been said here. This is unacceptable. And and I think the even in, in terms of analysis, I think there's, I think people are more thorough in what they're doing now. They're, under, they're asking the question, why might people do this? Why might people do that? And it's a, it's a little bit more thorough. And it's it's good to see, I think, the, the, whole, the whole element of it. The other obvious thing, Eddie, and I'm sorry for going on about this, yeah. but Sometimes your friends, I have some great mates in my own club in Dallas Allen. Even though I'd be away from social media um, and I wouldn't be on it, your friend could text you and say to you, Jesus, you want to see what <laughs> you, want, you want to see what we said about you on, on this? Or, you know, sometimes you got to know your friends, you got to know your mates. You sometimes, if I see a text come up from one of the lads, I know well that he's trying to, that he's telling me something was said in a paper yesterday or online yesterday. And, you know, is this true kind of crack? Because if I went with every rumour or, or innuendo that was surrounding us, was involved in water, oh my God, you'd be, you know, you'd be, you'd be kind of, you'd be after taking all types of kind of, you know, libel actions against the people. But that's that's the way it goes. You just and and and, and I think I think we're getting better at not accepting that as a, as groups that when you commit, you commit to a group now, you're committing with all your vulnerabilities and insecurities as well. Whereas before, vulnerability and insecurity was seen as a weakness. Now I think the, the teams are all encompassing in terms of their, 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 their obvious deficiencies. Yeah, and it's, it's just, it's, like, it's one of the things that, and you kind of are touching on it a little bit, and I know you've said about, say, your friend reads an article or sees something on Twitter and he sends you a text message, but, you know, there was an incident at the weekend um, and I seen in a sporting context, different sport, there was a person getting obliterated. Somebody had actually went to the bottom of putting a video up of themselves obliterating somebody else. I unfortunately scrolled through it, picked it up on my newsfeed and I was watching it and my kid was sitting in the car beside me. I was parked and I was sitting in the car and I was watching it and my young lad thought the guy was talking about me and he turned around to me and said, Daddy, why why does he hate you so much? And I said, no, no, it's not me. He's on about somebody else. And then I said, actually, do you know what? I need to turn this off. And now there was no bad language or anything like that but it was literally a character assassination of a person and it was, for the first time it dawned on me like my kids are at an impressionable age. I have a 15-year-old boy, I have a, a 12 or 13-year-old boy, and I have a 19-year-old girl. They, you know, you, you've kids yourself, Derek, and you're putting them in that place that yep. if they're picking up Facebook or Twitter or something like that and they're looking at their daddy, who they think is, 
be under no illusions. They think their daddy's the greatest man in the world. Uh, they'll cop on in a few years. He's not. But at the, at the moment, while it's still safe. But it's it's isn't it horrible that that goes into your house because people are allowed to attack you without any consequences? Yeah, and I think that's the that's the one where 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 it hurts more than anything else. Like I, I often I, I have a fifteen year old boy here and an eight year old boy in two weeks. But um, John now the fifteen year old, you know. I would often speak to him about about. I was at an award ceremony in fifteen, and Eamon O'Shea's Eamon O'Shea had won the July award, um, for winning the Munster Championship. We'd won the I'd won the, the April award for winning the league in fifteen, and we got this. Jeez, we got a great do at the end of the year, and Brian Cody and Jim Gavin and you know Martin O'Neill and and all those various. So I was saying, which is a good opportunity to kind of meet some great people. But Eamon O'Shea for some reason couldn't be there, and his son, um, accepted the award award on his behalf. Eamon's brother was there, and um. Des Cal actually asked him a question. He said, how do you feel, he said, when you're in the crowd about, um, you know, when, when maybe things are not going well and, you know, there's a bit of, a, there's a bit of you know, abuse being hurled in the direction of your dad or the tip players. And Don Loche, who actually played played with Galway now, he played with Galway in the under-20 um, or the under-20 semi-final against Dublin there a couple of weeks ago. A lovely hurler from Salt Hill, corner, corner forward. He actually said, well, look, he said, I don't mind, he said, because... I know how much they put into it. So I thought it was just a very rounded, um, moderated answer. And that's the thing here. You're, you're just trying to tell, you almost nearly have to preempt them, Eddie. You nearly have to say to them, look, it's not going to be nice in school now tomorrow. You know, I, I remember going in after a fairly heavy league beating by Kilkenny in 18. It was actually, we lost three league games in a row in 18. And then um, just trying to find some form after they all learned in 17. And uh, I just said to Fionn, look, it's going to be heavy enough now. Not heavy enough, but obviously the good mates, but... You're thinking about it then as a, as a parent. You're kind of thinking, Jesus, I don't want him get, getting it hard inside in school there, you know. But he look, he'd be well able, he'd be rounded enough. But there's some kids that wouldn't be, you know. You know, and, and and when it affects and when it permeates a family in terms of pressure, it's it's a uh, it can be difficult, you know. No. Outside that, when you're out of the loop, like I have been for the last two years, you're kind of saying, Jesus, I kind of miss the pressure, you know. <laughs> so yeah. well, we, I think we all want the best of both worlds. Sometimes we want it when it's going well, but there's. I think perseverance is just a key to show that grit that's necessary to dig in. But putting a grit and perseverance into an eight, nine, ten-year-old that's hearing that your daddy's going to be sacked in the morning. Not that I ever heard that. I'm just making the point. You know yeah. that, that this stuff people can be nasty. You know at, at a certain age, um, no different. But I think education in general and schools are getting better at getting ahead of that. If you like, you know that language that we don't accept anymore. You know even language around I've carried weight on me. Like you'd often be saying Jesus. We a fat fool, or you know, you know, and uh, you know it, it, the words that are used around, uh, you know, you know, in, in interaction between kids are, are important. I think you know to kind of get in there early. And I look, that's just wearing me teacher's hat, but that's that's the way I feel. About it. No, but it, but it is. It's so important. And Derek, just just kind of on the one you the, the point that you're making as well about kids and things like that. But it's what I always say to my own young lads, and I always say to my own teams there when I'm coaching teams as well was. When I was in school, and when you were in school, Derek, if you were getting annoyed in school, you were able to go home, and you were able to get away from it for 10 hours or 12 hours or 14 hours, and you had the comfort of your house. Nowadays, unfortunately, because of social media and all that, you go home from school and it just continues, and that's, I think, something that we need to be very careful with. And then, just on the other one, when you're saying about your kids about getting sacked in the morning, I I was reading an article yesterday in one of the papers, Uh, Gareth Southgate yesterday used to be a really good manager over England, and everybody loved him. This morning, he woke up to be a very different, I don't know, something happened last night that he's uh, completely done now, but he actually said... 
he had to bring his kids in and sit them down and say to them, look, I'm going to get sacked as Crystal Palace manager today and you're going yeah. to go oh, to school. I read that same article yesterday. I read oh that my same God. article yesterday. Like, like yeah, yeah. it was, it you know, it puts a human side to it. But I mean, look, that's that's the, the way to do the, it the over there. The only thing I say, Eddie, is the more the more human stories there is out there, as regards that kind of struggle. You know, I, I often think of Mickey Hart. Even I think the first four or five years as he was Tyrone manager, minor manager, I don't think they won a first round. You think of Pat Riley, the famous coach, the American coach, where you know if you're putting in place the right things and they're doing the right behaviors, and uh, people are starting to measure success differently. And sometimes when you say that, people say, oh, that's just defeatist and he'll never win a trophy. But I think people are, are good leadership should percolate its way down over the years. It should, if you put good values and cultures, they'll come out later on. And if you're in it for delayed gratitude, you're in it for the wrong reasons. So, but but if you're doing things right, no matter what the group you're with, um, you look at Cody, for instance, 99, losing the, you know, the against Cork. You know, I can't remember, like, but there was probably pressure emanating its way in Kilkenny as regards, ah, oh, we, we lost in 98, we lost in 99, you know, where, 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 where are we going to go in 2000? And then that pressure eases then on the back of a, of a, of a really good All-Ireland victory then in 2000. But, you know, just the point I'm making, I suppose, is that um, sometimes we can live in the present and not look back for the solutions as well. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you, you are right. And I think um, what, what I'm going to go to next with a few of these questions, Derek, is, uh, and it's not in any way trying to, 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 to create headlines or have a cut at you either, but I kind of, when I looked at your career, I'd look at your career very different, differently than the way you'd look at your career. So I kind of pick out highlight games and say, right, I want to know where his mind was that day. The, the, the first one I want to talk to you about is um, 2016, um, the defeat to Tip. Like, I remember the fallout from the game. I remember the next day on the radio and stuff. I thought there was a huge overreaction. Um, yeah. But, you know, I wasn't there. You're obviously there. It was a heavy defeat. Five, I think it was five nineteen to thirteen points, something like that. Um, yeah. It was it was a pretty heavy defeat. But the first thing I want to kind of ask you is like, you personally, like, you must have took that fairly hard um, on the day, and, and kind of there must have been a lot of soul searching after that game. Yeah, it was very. I took that very personally that one now because it was um, a couple of things. In, in you know, the, the year had gone really well up to that because we. We'd we'd um we'd been beaten in the league final replay by by Clare controversially actually uh, not that we highlighted we and again that was another example where we kind of stored the referee's decision because we knew we were playing Clare in the semi final the champs so we had a really good monster semi final victory over over Clare and we went into the Tipperary game with actually it was the first ever monster final we were involved in where the betting was actually even money you know us against Tipperary. Couple of decisions we made, I suppose, that probably caught controversy in that we, we insisted the game was on in Limerick, uh, albeit a kind of a graveyard for Waterford over the years. Because the year previous we'd been beaten in the Munster final by Tipperary in Thurles, and we just said, "Look, if we're looking after our own group here, and we're better off playing this as a neutral uh, venue." Um, we went in a point down at half time, having not played particularly well. Albeit people say differently, but we actually played conventionally in the first half. Something like Waterford are playing. Not at the moment. There's something like I would have watched Pat O'Neill play or Brian Hogan play. We would have basically said to Tyke, stay on the edge of the D. Don't budge from there. Half four line deep. One of the full four line out and two inside, if you like. Similar to the kind of people, how people are, team, most teams are playing now. Um, Tip then hit us with, a, with two early goals. But seven minutes into the second half, there was two points in it and Tip got two goals in a row. And believe it or not, Declan Fanning, a Tipperary selector, um, um passed down in front of me and he he, he shouted out to Brendan Maher Brendan sit at six and leave Paulie sweep so 
Paulie Amar went sweeping and we had six against five on one side and they had seven against six and subsequently then Tip hit us for another three goals and they blew us away, they obliterated us. Now, our body language, everything on the line was shocking and our effort in general was kind of shocking. We weren't able to see it out. But the narrative afterwards then was, it was Waterford that brought the defensive tactics. Waterford brought the, you know, that's not hurling, that's not how it should be played. And you know, different there was different commentaries on it the next day. It actually made the RT News where people were commentating on it the next day. And, and you know, that, that actually propelled the whole thing and accelerated the whole thing. And you know what? You leave with serious insecurity in your head then as regards, you know, how you're playing or what you're doing. And the narrative, in your opinion, is false. And and you can't argue against it because if you do, you're going to be, it's going to look bad for the week, you know. It's going to look, it's going to surround you. We're going to be playing Wexford the following week or the following 10 days after then. So you do a bit of soul searching, but you really actually focus and you kind of say to yourselves, look, lads, this is what happened and, and this is what we need to do. And, you know, so look, it, it was difficult because of the scrutiny and I, I felt kind of a lazy scrutiny around it, but, I don't want to be digging it up now because I kind of I had my little moment about it on the Sunday <laughs> a year and a half or two years ago where I actually for the first time in my life I probably I beat and I kind of said to myself look because sometimes I think people think that when you, you play a certain way in a game that you haven't thought about it or that you've you've changed because of what the public say or whatever you know and those those situations can be difficult so that was definitely one of the most harrowing situations the next day you're, you're just you know you're, you're finding it difficult to switch away from the whole kind of environment I suppose but uh yeah, we just, you know, what, what what helped us that day is that our own principles around our own play and around our group were, were, were steadfastly strong. Like, really. And do you do a full autopsy then? Like, the, the game finishes on, 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 on Sunday night, you, you, you know, yourself and your own management team go and have a, I'm sure, a, a, a bit of a chat or whatever else later in the evening. But with the team itself, you know, do you sit down together then and actually do a full autopsy on that game and say, right, what are we going to do here? We had an immediate review in in, in, in in Limerick after the Munster final where fellas would talk about the hurt of the underperformance and you know, and we would talk about our underperformance as a management and our body language and you know the fact that we kinda of gave in things that we would have never compromised, if you like. So other than that then we'd meet again during the week and we'd be kind of you know, we we just reset the, the wheel straight away and we'd look at the the, the the only good parts we might have been involved in or the bad parts and we just refocus straight away because we hadn't the time to dwell on it. We, our, our point would have been that there was a Munster Championship to play for and now there's an All-Ireland Championship to play for. So, no different than I imagine to Liam Cal or, or Brian Lowen last week when they were beaten by Tip or when Watford were beaten by Clare. There's two trophies to play for us. There's a Munster Championship and there's an All-Ireland tra- Championship. So, that's the language you have to use and that's the route you have to go. Yeah, and just just kind of switching switching away from that like because the remainder of that season like you did you did kick on from that, like I know that defeat. It yeah. didn't define your yeah. year. Um, you, you know, you, you got you got your shit together, as the man would say. And and yeah. um, you know, in fairness, I'd probably say if you were looking back on a game that you'd regret, the two Kilkenny games. I I was at both. Um, probably that was one of the games you left behind. You could have beaten Kilkenny on both days. I think. Yeah, they were hooked. You know, and. Uh, I think Davey said last week when he was asked by an interview after the Wexford game, I don't want to be involved in great games, I want to win, but we took a little bit of solace in how, in, in how great those games were. And again, again, I just felt it was very shallow, the, 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 the kind of the, the post-match analysis of that game against against Kilkenny in Pro Park. It was like the atmosphere, the, 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 the narrative was, all the shackles were left off. And we actually were very, very well planned and structured for that game. The, the players were... Um, 
we gave it everything and we looked free freer perhaps than we had and and it was the narrative afterwards which that's the way Waterford should play and we did similar in the semi-final replay against Kilkenny um, in Torres brilliant Saturday night game brilliant atmosphere but ironically it was actually we changed it up in the second half we were five points down coming into the second ten minutes into the second half we changed it up slightly to go a little bit more defensive and by going defensive we became more offensive if that makes sense you know and and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we got back in, and, we, and obviously Owen Murphy took the ball down over the crossbar um, that night from Porrig's late free, but great games, um, albeit I think Tipperary were kind of the team to beat that year, as they subsequently proved it against the Cats in, in, in the final. But uh, yeah, they were they were great games, you know, and, and, and they were good games to be involved in because they, 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 I suppose they showed, not that we needed to show people, but they showed people that we some really, really good hurlers and Look, Austin, I think Austin won the whole of the year on the back of that year as well, which was a good personal accolade for him. No, this is it, and it was it was kind of a coming of age for 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 Waterford. I think there was there was a few years leading into that where Kilkenny had kind of you know really mm. turned the screw on Waterford, and I think this was the first year where, for me yeah. anyway, where you were looking saying, Jesus, you know, you don't want to be playing Waterford. There, there's a bit of teeth yeah. in these, and 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 thankfully it, it it did prove to be the case. Following on from that year, uh, Derek. If I'm not mistaken, it was in 2017 you made the, which I think is a, a really big call for a young enough man. You you decided to go basically full time, and as you said, you're all in type of situation. But you decided to go all in full time managing that Waterford hurling team, take a couple of years out, or well, at the time you would have took a year out from work, um, to focus solidly on the team. That was the case, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, I left at Christmas, we'd say. I'm not left at Christmas. But, I, yeah, look, I have. I think in, in teaching, you get six, you get two bouts of 16 weeks of parental leave, no different than any employer. So I, I avail of that. A couple of reasons. Well, first of all, most people would associate teaching to be, with being the the most suitable job to kind of be involved in management. And I, look, on reflection, I probably agree um, with that. Um, I, uh, you know, it probably is. But I just, I just found myself... And I probably would learn from this. I just found even when I was teaching the boys, um, and I, look, I, I love teaching them, to be honest with you. I actually love the job of teaching. And But I found when I was teaching the boys that my mind was just on the hurling. Like it was on, you know, you know, not, not only building relationships, keeping relationships, you know, with the boys, making sure everything was done to a T. Like, and I, I mean, when I'm saying that, I'm conscious of the fact that I, it sounds like I was, I, was, I was doing it, no one else was helping it. You know, it, 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 was, it was far from that, to be honest with you. But I just... I just found my mind drifting, I suppose, to the hurling. And I, I, you know, if you have a kind of a, I suppose, um, a duty of care, if you like, to to students in, in your care that are doing their leaving cert or junior cert or, um, and you have parents, like ambitious parents and parent, young lads ambitious to do well in terms of points. And, and I just found I wasn't teaching as well. You know, I was still teaching fairly well but I wasn't teaching as well as as perhaps I should and I took I availed a parental uh, parental leave after Christmas for two years now the mistake I made is that I I was I was doing an interview for 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 the launch of a, of a charity golf classic and they asked me and I kind of said I'm I'm actually not teaching at the moment and it became a kind of a so I, I made a mistake there in terms of being too open and too transparent in terms of a uh, you know, just just kind of you know openly kind of saying that you know, and and then it led to a debate about full time managers and full time things. So I think I, I think I'd be a little bit more elusive now if I was back in the job and I was back, or not. I'm back in my own deal, but if I was back hurling, you know, and involved in management, I think I'd be a little bit more not cagey, but I'd certainly be you know less probably forthcoming with 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 you know with um things that I I I did it because 
I just wanted to give the whole job everything I had. And and um, now sometimes when I look back at eighteen, I kind of say to myself, sometimes you can want something too much. You can you can want something too much, and your your energy levels ironically become sapped by by not having that balance with, with your work, if you like. So uh, again, that's I'd be a fairly reflective fella, but I'd, I'd be trying to find a way forward for. Um, if an, if another opportunity came up in, in intercounty management, but just just on that there, because I don't want to, to, to misinterpret what you're saying. Like, right, you made the decision, right? I'm going to give it everything. I'm going to go full in, bang, bang, bang. But since then, you've had time to reflect. And would you say that it's the distraction of not having to be full timely involved? Are you getting me that? And I'm not saying your job yeah. is a distraction, but like the truth of the matter is. You go out, Stephen Cluxton goes out and wins with Dublin on a Saturday and he gets, on a Sunday he gets up and he goes to school on Monday morning. Yeah. He gets yeah. away from, it's, it divides it. Is that what you're saying, that you probably left yourself? Yeah, yeah. I think, I, and I think, I think, like, I would have been a bit of a, a, bit of a procrastinator even during, during the, the time. I think, yeah, I'm better, and I, my time management has improved. You know, my whole organisation has improved. My perspective on what's important has improved. Hurling is still an absolute obsession and it's hugely important. But I, you know, I think, I, you know, I, in in even in the two years back in the classroom now, you know, I, I'm better. I'm better. You know, I'm, I'm not better, but it just sounds very. No, I know you. I can get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you're I'm, learning. You're I'm, learning I'm, more. I'm getting there. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm 45 years of age, and and I'm, you know, I'm starting to just to be better organized, I suppose, as much as anything else. And it's not that I don't care as much about the hurling, but now now I think I'd get up at six in the morning and organize me hurling and organize me day and, and still be able to make the lunches here and not that I'm house not that I'm a husband of the year anti anything far from it but I just you know <laughs> I, I'm finding a bit of time for everything whereas I probably leaned on the hurling and said to myself right I'll go all in now and, and when I'm around I'm around you know with, with the family and when I'm around I'm around in school but I, I think I'm just, you know, I can get more things done more efficiently to answer your question more succinctly I suppose yeah and it's just it's because it's very interesting uh, Derek like I've spoken to a huge number of ex-players over the last kind of we use COVID to do deep dives into different players' minds and you know some mm-hmm. some some really great hurlers the likes of you know someone like Eugene Clunan or even then you come more this way the likes of Owen Larkin or, or, or the t- types of players mm-hmm. Richie Power but one of the biggest things that kind of comes up is basically your work life balance your 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 hurling life balance as we called it and every one of the players to a man had said mm-hmm. you know doesn't really matter I'm 24, 25 you're just living your best life you're out hurling and whatnot. but as they got a little bit older and they started getting wives and, 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 and getting you know babies and stuff when they're 27, 28, 29 kind of coming up to that end it got much tougher but we haven't spoken to any you know proper managers you know yet on it and if, if I take you Derek like everyone knows the work the players put in but they do forget that the managers are there an hour an hour and a half before the players ever arrive they're there an hour after the players are gone and they have to plan all these training sessions and basically do everything like did you find it I, I know your work life balance is one thing but your family life balance like there must have been a lot of pressure on your own family to kind of help you and work with you on this yeah look I had absolute totality of support here like it's uh, incredible actually but I you look know, but yeah, look, my, it helps. My my wife is a sister of John Milan's now um, as well, so they're, they're steeped in the, in the hurling. So that was that was that was very helpful. Like, and the only thing that that does suffer is is your, you know, your obsession can go to a point where, where even when you're with the family and you're out for a day, that you're kind of you're thinking about the hurling and you're you know you know again, I think that would improve. And and you find sometimes that when you're not around for the lads. 
that when you are around, you need to be doing things like, you know, we'll go to the cinema or we'll go to Tremor or we'll go, you know, we'll, we'll, go, out, we'll go off to Tato Park or you feel that you need to be, you know, kind of almost spectacular or, no, you need to be more exaggerated in your in your relationship with them and you can't just be doing the puck around, you know, or, or doing the homework. You know, you feel that, you know, you, you have to make up for that time that you're, that, you're, that you're not there, if you like. So that was certainly, then that's probably a personality thing. That's probably a, what I call a positive paranoid kind of approach to things. You know, where you kind of you, you feel like you have to be kind of helping out if you like again. I, I think those things w- would improve, and I think the, the the balance, you know, would would have shifted in that regard as regards just outlook and perspective, if you like, you know. Yeah, and like it's like everything else, I suppose, Derek. When you you gain experience, life gives you the experience. It's called life experience, yeah. and as you, as you get through it, you learn a little bit more. Um, before I let you off the hook, there now, I've got three more questions. You'd be delighted to know you're coming to no, the, no, the very no, tail no, end. No. That I, I I won't hold you hostage or anything like that. But there there is there is okay. a couple of ones that I do want to the, the, like your time as the Waterford hurling manager. You got to to five finals. You won one national league. I know you lost four finals, but you know it's it's still in that time in the five years. I would say that you had a you know a very successful reign. It went well. I was I remember at the time you'd left um, the role and it had finished up, and I seen there was so many nice headlines in the whole. And there was one that I got drawn to, and I just couldn't understand. And I have to ask you straight out: Was there a bite between you, or was there something historically? But Sherlock Nan, he basically came out, you know, and dismissed your time as the Waterford Hurling manager. I think he used something. I found it quite frustrating. He said, you know, something along the lines of, at a regret bunch, but they achieved very little. It was kind of like patting a fell on the head, you know, and I just thought, did you did you kill him off the field sometime or, or what was the, the backing or, that, or was he just trying to stay relevant? No, I, I to be honest with you, you know, I, I would have had very little interaction with Ger over the years. I, I um, in 98, I was actually a sub with, with Waterford like, on that famous monster final day. I was actually praying I wouldn't get on because it was <laughs> <laughs> because of how, how, how it was materialising on the pitch, you know. And Jerry was, I actually would be a great admirer of Jerry in terms of the difference he brought to that Clare team. In other words, the difference that you hear about, you know, the hills of Crosheen and how they prepared and his madness of approach, if you like. And the irony of it is, I suppose, and, and again, I, I wouldn't have read it, but my wife would read it and, and my mum would kind of read it, I suppose, that. When, when we were actually relegated in 14 and 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 I made the decisions to kind of call call the panel at 15 Gerald Lockman lauded me in in public for those decisions he kind of said it was this was a right decision and generally the tone of the of the three four years would have been actually very positive from Gerald towards me until the end where he actually went full circle on, on a personal level I have to say that my father was dying um my father was diagnosed on the 5th of October kind of terminal illness um uh, terminal lung, lung cancer and I actually rang um, Ger, I got Ger's number from Anthony Daly and um, I rang Ger a f- couple of times coming up to Christmas just about you know, um, I know he had he had uh, um, you know, kind of, you know, an, an illness himself yeah. at some stage, you know, and I found he, you know, and I was just kind of looking for a, you know, a bit of a voice around my father and all that kind of stuff and he was very comforting in his words towards um you know, and about my father. So it was a help in that regard. So I, I would, I, I live in a world where, where, and I genuinely mean this now, you know, um, where hurling, you know, as Morris Shannon used to say to me, for, for a game that we love, it can, it can mess your head up at times, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, I, I, but I do genuinely live in a, in a, in a world where, whilst you might kind of have disagreements or fall out with people, holding grudges, it's just not part of my, my makeup. Like, it's not part of, I just don't see the sense in it. I think life is too short for it. And, and, do I have a strong opinion on, on things? Of course I do, do, but 
in terms of someone's opinion now I would put that into the category of like that's his opinion is it trying to court controversy is it deliberately going a route where the other people didn't go you know but, but again I really wouldn't put a huge amount of weight in terms of my own the influence it would have on my own mind and I mean that in a, neither positively or negatively I wouldn't kind of you know I look at Jared and say Jesus you know he's some, he's some figure for saying that or whatever blah 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 I wouldn't I, I'd be um I, I know it exists, if you like, and I, but I, I comfort myself in knowing that what we put into it, good or bad, it's the same as it's the same as any any inter county manager. Look at the football over the weekend teams. Like I looked at Terry Hyland on the television yesterday. I look at um, Rory Gallagher, you know, a much maligned kind of manager yesterday, and now he's you know Derry are are are, are just nearly there yesterday against Donegal, and he's been lauded so. Somewhere in between lies the truth, often, you know. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. And Derek, just just on another one, um, the Sunday game punditry. You, you know, you, I find you very good on the Sunday game. Myself and my mates have great crack because there's nearly every other week we have to get a dictionary out just to confirm what that word means because uh, you'd have a tendency to you fire out a great one every now and again and we'd rob them and use them a train and then we've great crack with it. But I just I just wonder. Um, does it ever come into your own mind when you're when you're doing your punditry on the Sunday game that you know maybe next year or maybe in eighteen months' time I'm going to be training that bunch of lads or I'm going to be managing that hurling team because I know from listening to you and from from talking to you you're going to be back and you're going to be in in addressing with a county team again in the, in the near future and is it ever has it ever come into your mind that the Sunday game could be a negative. I know Liam Sheedy has done it and went back to Tipperary and, and, and has won in All Ireland as manager, but it'd be, it, it wouldn't be very often that it happened. Is it something that you think about when you went on to the Sunday game or is it something you considered before you took that Sunday game role? Um, well, I didn't consider it before I took the role um, because I was I was out in my own head. You know, I was out. Yeah. <laughs> when I mean out, I mean I kind of was checked out at, in 18 and um, I was off, you know, I was kind of approached during the summer of 18 to kind of come on for the rest of the year and I said you know I'll take this opportunity now I, what I did think about is is how it looks for my own team and I don't mean my own team our team in terms of being getting involved straight away and you know I, you know, I don't know I did think about that as regards you know geez I wonder will the lads be giving out that I'm only gone out of and now I'm on the television <coughs> you know so you know that's maybe 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 that's just again a little bit of paranoia but in terms of thinking about coaching or managing team I don't know because I wouldn't I haven't thought that way, to be honest. What, what I have thought about, I suppose, is that, you know, I have thought about when the time would be right to try and get back involved. But I, I, you're conscious of using it as a kind of a canvassing platform, you know, for, 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 for getting there. So I think, you know, if you can be as analytic and as hardworking, I think the one thing that, that you're encouraged to do on, on the Sunday game is be really hardworking. And if you can be hardworking and diligent and, and, and detailed, um, um, and and you know not that you and be honest I suppose more more than court and controversy if you can be honest about something um, I think you'll, you'll you'll be the you know you'll be the finest but I haven't to, be, to answer your question I haven't really thought about I've been because I wouldn't think you know I look around now and I look at all, around at all the I won't call them redundant managers but you look at you know what Henry has done with Bally Hill you know now with Thomastown you look at Michal O'Donoghue you look at you know Don Low Cusick you look at Brendan Cummins you look at guys that are in management or out of management, and maybe that are available to do teams, if you like, if teams sought management. And look, you don't know what way people's opinion of you can be pigeonholed or categorised as well. So I haven't really thought about that, to be honest with you. And I just kind of do my job, come down the road, and, and you know, I do I enjoy the writing with the examiner, I have to be honest, I enjoy that because I, I, 
takes me a long time to do that and I, and, and I like when it's finished that when it's finished it's finished and I, 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 I feel that there's good detail in it if you like but I um, yeah no and I don't you know that, that's a decision for, for the future I suppose as regards you know where that will take me yeah no uh, and then the last two questions I have for you Derek you were asked I think you'd only just step down as Waterford manager if you hadn't even stepped down at the time but it was around that time you were asked if you know, managing um, another county was something you'd ever considered. And at the time, I think you said something like, you know, if there was a real political answer anyway, it was something along the lines of, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm Waterford till I die and whatnot. You know, and we didn't say that, but you kind of, you know, you basically point out, look, I'm in the team I'm in, but at the moment I haven't obviously thought about managing anyone else. But now, you know, there's a lot of water gone under the bridge. You've, 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 you've gone on a little bit more. Is it fair to say that it is something that you would now consider? You'd, you'd look at options that open to, to you over the next couple of years. It doesn't. It wouldn't necessarily have to be the blue and white of Waterford. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair you know, point. Me, I'm, I've been very open and transparent, which is, I think, that's it's only important that I finished the, I finished the interview. But say, yeah, I think that's fair. As again, without openly canvassing, as I said, it's, you know, you know, you don't want to kind of, you know, be putting yourself out there, I'm available, all that kind of crap, I'm not talking that way, but yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that I wouldn't, I certainly, you know, I certainly consider, you know, other, other, you know, counties, if you like, you know, and, and look, the, the, the one, the one anomaly there, I suppose, the thing that's in your head is, you're kind of saying to yourself, right, you built a bond in Waterford with the players that was basically kind of, you know, intangible kind of bond based on your relationship with 15 or 16 of them in school I suppose that I thought and that bond was very deep and you had good and bad days on the back of that bond right but you could kind of so it, can you create that somewhere else I suppose can you create that all encompassing kind of connection you know and people talk tactics but at the end of the day it comes down to the catalyst for tactics or implementation of any game plan is connection connection with your players and bonding with your players, giving them that secure kind of base where they can kind of be themselves, you know, a nice psychological safety network and they can drive themselves to the last nth degree and, and can you create that somewhere else? And and you'd like to think you can, but it has to be genuine. It has to be sincere. It can't be choreographed, if that makes sense, you know, and, and that's that's the one caveat I'll put in there, I suppose, in comparison with Warford. It, you know, it, it, it's real, so you have to... I think you have to have a real connection with with the place that you're you're you're, you know, based on based on kind of, you know, I'm 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 down doing a bit with the Harriers at the moment, and again we've low expectations down there because they've been in a few relegations over the years. But I find them a real club, like they're real, and I don't mean other clubs or not, but they're ordinary, like and and they're authentic and they're they're great characters and they're you know and and you know they're just kind of real people and I, they probably. There's an element of of you know working class Wexford to where they are, but there's also an element of of new Wexford input there in terms of their their professional backgrounds. And you know, I came from a very working class area myself, and I can I can can relate to the to the and connect with the with the with the with the I suppose the the group itself and and, and the dynamic of the group. You know. Yeah, but it's it, like that. That in, in itself, Derek, and it's a, and it's a very fair answer you've given. But in itself, that is the challenge that 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 a manager like yourself has to you have to take. Yeah. I mean, if if it's there, like I remember yeah. reading a yoke a couple of years back about English Premiership footballers kissing crests on jerseys, and they were saying it was the most pathetic fake thing in the history of the world. These lads will kiss the crest of a jersey, and they'll be playing in a different one next Wednesday if they got the right offer, you know. Whereas yeah. with us in 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 Harlan, and 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 I know what your point, and in football as well. 
it's 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 your it's your heritage it's your it's your club it's your it's your county it's it, you know it's where you grew up and you loved um so i can see where you're coming from in that but i'm sure you'd be able to create that culture wherever you would go i think your uh, character is quite oh. infectious anyway but the last question i would ask you derek and it's i'm not asking you to you know to to be lauding yourself as a great man or anything like that and it's not loaded in that in that way either when i'm asking this but I know this is going to sound like a strange question, but since you finished inter-county hurling management, right? So you've been gone away from the game now for a couple of years. In that time, have you done anything yourself to improve yourself? I know you're doing a bit with the Fit Harriers, but you know what I mean? Like if you were to take the Waterford hurling team with your experience today in 2014, like would they be getting a far better Derek McGrath than the one that they got in 2014? Do you get what I'm saying? Have you have you learned more yeah. since you stepped back? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I think I have, yeah. I've, well, on educationally, I, I'm in the middle of a master's in psychology. You know, I've always been interested in in the whole area of psychology. So I'm in the middle of a, of a master's in positive psychology. I had to defer a couple of months there because my father obviously uh, passed away there in January. So I, I missed a couple of months. So I, I'm in the midst of that. I've always been interested in, in sports psychology, but I'm doing it in positive psychology. I would have always felt that was a bit fluffy, if you want a, a better word for, you know, a kind of a little bit kind of, gimmicky, you know, the whole area of flourishing and mindfulness and that. But look, even not, not even that element, but I'm more interested in the whole engagement and the positive emotion kind of and how you can channel that, but also be aware of kind of negative kind of connotations. So I'm, I'm interested in that area. So I'm doing that at the moment. Um, and, and I'm interested kind of in that area, I suppose. And, and, and look, I've done a lot of reading and I, I've, um, you know, I, I think what I've done is I've regulated myself a little bit more. I've lost a small bit of weight, which is, is helpful too. You know, as regards just even physically, just doing a lot more walking and, and uh, half now I'm not going to win any Joe Wicks awards or any rock record. I'm not going to, but even, you know, a small thing like that would, I think would, would, would help. I'd be kind of a self-conscious fella, fella at times. You know, I'd be, you know, I can be a little bit self-conscious, but I, you know, not not point where I'm, I'm doubting myself or anything like that, but I am. Um, um, you know, even over Christmas there, when, as I said, my father was dying, I, you know, we kind of, we stepped up, like, you know, as a family, you know, myself and my sister, no more than you would, than you would do yourself when, you're, when your dad is ill, like, and, and we were kind of proud of our approach to his illness in, in that we were trying to um, keep him positive in the midst of a terminal diagnosis, which is very, very difficult, you know, so the language you use around that, so there's, there's moments where I actually said to myself, Jesus, you did well here, but other times when I would have done that, I'd be kind of saying to myself, Yes, that sounds like you think you're a great fella, but so I'm, you know, less worried, I suppose, about, you know, not bigging myself up, but backing myself, if you like. And I think that that's important. That kind of that confidence that comes with it, with it, with um, I suppose going through adversity and and uh, so you know, my father's death can have an imp- a positive influence, um, in terms of you know that balance between remembering and grieving, you know, and 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 moving on, you know, and that's. Sounds a bit rootless in terms of moving on because you never move on from your from a from a, a, a parental kind of debt, but it's uh, nonetheless I think there's learnings in it too, you know. No, and uh, Derek, you know, I I, I genuinely uh, everything you've said there, I I. I can wholeheartedly say that you know the hair is standing on the back of my neck listening to you talk on, on something like that and when you talk so passionately about it um, and, and I and I think you know a lot of credit needs to be given to you as well I know it's it's not easy uh, tough times like that like you faced over the last number of months but it's great that you've managed to take some positives 
from from that mm. experience as well. And just for 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 the chat this morning, Derek, it's 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 been an absolute pleasure. Um, thanks a million for taking the call from me. Uh, you know, for, I, I speak for everybody in Kilkenny when I say this that we really look forward to seeing you back on on the line prowling up and down the side of a field soon. Um, hopefully not putting us through the mincer and <laughs> t- t- taking yes. the taking the county apart. But we we do look forward to seeing you back on the field again. You're an absolute breath of fresh air, and you're I'm sure your family couldn't be more proud of you. Yeah, thanks a million, Eddie. And look, I, I'm teaching in a 1200 boys school that have a huge influx from Munkine, Kilmacow, Piltown every year. And I can say of genuine, you know, the more of them we can get in there, the better. Not that it's a plug for getting the guys in for the hurling in particular, but the manner in which they, they what they add to our school in terms of the rural input into our school and the genuineness and sincerity that they bring to our school every year. We'd be very proud of our Kilkenny connection in school here, and, and we have been. When we won all Ireland's in 07 and 08, all Ireland colleges, that the forefront of that was Peter McCarty from Piltown and Danny Purcell from Munkine. And we'll never forget their input. So thanks a million. No, that's brilliant. Thanks a million for taking the time to chat to me there. That is, of course, Derek McGrath, a former Waterford Hurling manager, and I'm sure future great Hurling manager again with someone that's going to be lucky enough to have him. I've been Eddie Scally, and I look forward to talking to you all on the Clash Act again next week. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5,000 seater has won SUV of the year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Road, Kilkenny, today.